the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so we did an introductory uh, thing last week, introduction to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so that is on uh, our podcast. If you missed last week, because I'm not going to go back and review anything. So if you missed that, you can get that on the podcast uh, and that will catch you up. It uh, goes through uh, a little bit more than just the gifts. We talked a little bit about the fruits and the manifestations, the, the gifts uh, to the body of Christ, the offices of the Holy Spirit. So we kind of went through a, a little bit of an overview of what the Holy Spirit does uh, in the body of Christ. But tonight we're going to get into the beginning of the gifts. And Brother Don and Pastor Brad will jump in whenever uh, they want to help out with any insight or um revelation teaching that I may miss to jump in to whenever they want to, to add that in. But we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And we will read through uh, all the gifts of the Spirit here and then we will focus on one portion of them. Uh, we'll start at verse 4. It says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about the power gifts, the power gifts. So, we're going to get into, uh, well, we may not hit all three. We're just going to go as far as, as we can go tonight, uh, and then we'll, we'll stop whenever. Um, so we may not get through all three of the power gifts, but just a little bit of an overview. There are nine gifts that, that are listed there. And so when we refer to the power gifts, we're referring to the gift of faith. So when it talks about to one, the gift of faith, we're talking about the gift of faith. We're talking about gifts of healings and the gift of miracles. That's what we refer to as the power gifts. And then there are also the inspirational gifts. Uh, the inspirational gifts, the power gifts help us to Act like God. Do the things that God does. The inspirational gifts are the things that help us to speak like God. That is prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And then there are the revelatory gifts, and that is to help us think like God or to know the things that God knows. And that's discerning of spirits, the word of wisdom, and the word of knowledge. And so they're broken into three, three sections like that, uh, just 
just as a way that helps us to, to understand a little bit more how to classify them. Uh, but they, like I said last week, they are very blended together oftentimes. And many times when you're operating in the things of the spirit, they're, they're combined together. So you may be operating in more than one. Uh, you might start in one and flow into another. Uh, so a lot of times the gifts of the spirit, the manifestations of the spirit will flow together because it's not, it's not like, you know, one is of one part of the Holy Spirit and the other is, you know, this other part or this, this side thing of the Holy Spirit. There, it's all the Holy Spirit. It's characteristics. It's the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in people's lives. God wants to manifest himself through his spirit to people. And so remember when I said last week that the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. It's not a, a force of nature. It's not uh, an it. It is he, the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of God. And he dwells inside of each one of us once we are born again and saved and give our hearts to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, so he sends us the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the teacher, and that's who lives within us, guiding us, teaching us in all truth. Amen? All right. So let's get into the power gifts, the power gifts, the gifts that help us to act like God or do the things that God does. And I just want to uh, touch on a couple of uh, scriptures here. Uh, Isaiah 818, you can jot this down. You know what? Before I get started, remember last week I told everybody, start bringing uh, a journal or a notebook, something to write on and, and a pen. Does anybody lack that this evening? Does anybody need? Okay, well, Brother John was so kind. Stephen, can you help me? Was so kind to, to buy some extra journals. Here, here's a couple more. And some pens. So if you need a notebook or a, a pen, uh, get Zephan, and he will help you. Some of them are, are well, you know, Kalai might like that pink one. Oh. <laughs> but this is for you to keep throughout the year to take notes and, and bring it back. Don't, it's not just for tonight, okay? <laughs> and we're not giving you a big notebook just for tonight. This is for throughout the year to keep notes, to, to write things down. Sometimes you could be in worship and God gives you a download. God gives you instruction. God gives you uh, a word that he wants you to go back to later and look at and, and begin to, or a revelation. So keep that with you. Bring it to church all the time. Sometimes I might be over there worshiping and then I pull out my notebook and I'm like writing things down because the Lord's showing me something or telling me something. So keep it with you at all times. Um, but Isaiah 8:18 says, I and the children the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders. For signs and for wonders. So you are to be a sign and a wonder to this generation. You are to be as Jesus walked the earth. He said to be as he was. We are to be holy as he is holy. We are to do the things that he did. He said you will do more than this because I dwell in you. I live in you. Greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. And so you are to be a sign and a wonder to this generation. 
mission. As you're on this earth during the period of time that you are here, you are to be the salt of the earth, the light of the earth, a sign and a wonder to your generation. So when we talk about that, yes, that includes the, the gifts uh, that we're going to be talking about, the, the power gifts as well as the others. The, the um, scripture out of Mark 16, if you want to turn to Mark 16. It's the very last chapter of Mark, and I'm going to read verse 17 through 20. And these signs will follow those who believe. Those who what? Believe. believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I have to stop there for a second. The other night, <laughs> the other night we were, we were at the house and I had uh, made donuts, uh, you know, just because I felt like it. And so anyway, I, I had made these donuts and, and set them on the counter. And Brian and Erica had come over. And we were cleaning up after dinner. And, and I don't know what happened, but in the middle of the winter, we ended up with ants. And so there's these ants that were crawling around uh, close to the stove. And so I've gotten rid of ants before by mixing up baking soda and honey together. And so I, I did that, and I, I put it in, on a, in a couple places, and then I just took the rest of the, the jar, and I set it back on the counter. Well, a little while later, I'm noticing that they're eating that. And then I'm like, well, I probably should add a little bit more to it. So you know, we're getting most of the kitchen cleaned up, and Gracia's doing the dishes, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, where did that jar go? And I'm like, Gracia, where's that poison? And she's like, immediately, her head snaps and looks at Erica. And Erica's sitting there, like, licking her finger, and, and she thinks it's glaze to put on the donuts. And she immediately, her eyes get big. And Brian comes through the door, and he, he hears just a little bit of where's that poison Gracia looks at looks at Erica and I heard Brian go Erica and <laughs> she looks at me and she's like pray for me <laughs> but it reminded me of that scripture that they will drink anything deadly but it will by no means hurt them and that was it, that was what she was thinking immediately it, it wasn't like take me to the hospital it was only baking soda and honey but she didn't know that you know and she was like immediately pray for me because that scripture works <laughs> all right so verse 19 so then after the lord had spoken to them he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So what they preached is what they got. What they preached from the word of God, God backed up with those accompanying signs and wonders. His children are made for signs and wonders. So even, you know, whenever we're, we're asking people if they need prayer, those are opportunities for the Lord to move on someone's life. And so, first of all, let's get into what the gift of faith is. The gift of faith. 
the gift of faith. Well, the gift of faith, you know, faith is like a big word when, when we're discussing the things of, of the Bible, you know, because it's very normal for people to say, oh, what faith are you? Or, you know, uh, what are you believing for in faith? And so it's a, it's a word that kind of gets thrown around a lot, obviously, in the Christian circle. And so sometimes we may not always know, like, how uh, we're using this word. Because in this context, the gift of faith is not the same thing as just uh, your regular saving faith. The faith that, that you received whenever you got saved. A saving faith that you believe that Jesus Christ died for you, washed away your sins, cleansed you, and made you a brand new creature in Christ. That's saving faith. That you believe that he saved you. You believe that your, your sins was put on his body and you're cleansed and set free. Saving faith. Well, this is a different faith. It's still faith. But it's a, the gift of faith, the overpowering faith. It's a divine persuasion. In fact, that's what faith actually is. The divine persuasion, even when you got saved, you were, you were divinely, because no one can come to Christ unless God bids them to, to Christ, unless God uh, reveals himself to them. And so when someone comes to Christ, then they're persuaded that he did die on the cross for them. And so the gift of faith goes higher than that in the sense that it is being divinely persuaded for a certain purpose, for an event, for uh, something that he wants you to believe for. When, a, when the gift of faith comes on a person, then it's, it's oftentimes described as if... There's, there's nothing that can penetrate in that, that realm of faith. It's like this overwhelming belief, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It, it just it bounces off that, and, and it's like it doesn't penetrate you. And there's the, there is the gift of faith that can come on a person that for a purpose, for an event, for a healing, for a miracle. For, and it's not just healings and miracles. Because it can be for the purpose of something. I mean, even when, when we took the, the leap of faith and moved to Hana, there was just something in me. Like, it, it was the gift of faith that came on me to make that transition. And I'm just speaking for me. It may, it may have uh, been on Brad the same way, but for me, it was like it didn't matter. Yes, everything was more expensive. Yes, we were quitting jobs and moving, but I knew in my spirit where God calls, he will provide. So it didn't matter when the gas went up to $6 and something a gallon. It didn't matter that we had to pay $2,500 in rent every month. It didn't matter that we also had to pay rent for a church because there was no church established. We were getting one started. It didn't matter that our food bill was $1,000 every month every time we went out to get supplies because I knew that if God was sending us, then he would supply every need. And it was this overwhelming persuasion that you couldn't tell me any different. And if someone would have come up and said, you're not going to make it, it would have bounced off and just went in another direction. It was like it would not penetrate. It would not be able to enter my heart. There was an overwhelming persuasion that God was going to do this. It, it's like this powerful uh, faith. I, it's, it's, I don't know how else, to, how else to make it any more clear than what I'm saying. 
Did you want yeah, to add? Yeah, that's good. But I, I'll, I'll say this about the, the gift of faith. It expects things from God. It, it, it's expecting God to, to move on your behalf. Um, it, it's not looking at a promise in the Bible. You know how you can reach in and obtain a promise from the Word of God? When the gift of faith kind of moves or it comes upon you, you expect, it, it's, it's, it's an expectancy. It's like, no, I expect God to move in this situation. This building, uh, I, when I sit down five minutes, the gift of faith come on me. I don't know how we're going to do it. Don't, I'm not worried about money. Don't. It does, you know, it's, it's the gift of faith. And, uh, and, and you'll find that there may be specific areas in your life where you, you have the gift of faith. Maybe it's for cars. Maybe it's in the stock market. Maybe it's for houses or buildings or whatever, you know, where it's like, you know, you just are able to, to I have the faith for that. And the gift of faith can work that way throughout your whole entire life where, you know, no, I just know that I know that I have the faith for this, and it, it, it is supernatural. Let me, let me add to that, that it is supernatural. It's not like what, like Pastor Miranda said, it's not the saving faith. It's a completely different level of faith. It's extraordinary. It's, uh, it's, um, <laughs> it's amazing, so just to add that. So um, it does expect great things from God, though. Amen. And, and like I said, it's usually for a specific thing. It's not like it overlaps into, you know, uh, a time spectrum of, oh, you, I remember in that, that period of time when, you know, I just had the, the gift of faith it's from 2020 to 2023. You know, it's not a time period. It's, it's for a specific purpose, for a specific purpose. And in fact, many times what happens is once that purpose is complete, it's like there's no reason for the gift to be on you for that anymore. And right. there are times it, it just, it, I don't know, it just feels like this, like you are literally, uh, if any report comes to you by anybody that is in opposition to what you're believing for, it's like total rejection in your spirit for that thing. It's like a, a complete rejection of any report that opposes what it is that God has put in your spirit. Yeah. And so when that same kind of faith, because the, the gift of faith comes on you and it's like it's just there and you're divinely persuaded. It's not like you're, you're, you're setting down and you're bringing scriptures into, it's like already there. It's in you. It's, it's, it's impregnated in you. Um, turn to Acts 3. I want to read uh, through this passage with you. Acts 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood 
and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. The gift of faith came upon Peter. It wasn't on the man. The man was expecting to receive alms. He's expecting to receive money. But the gift of faith came upon Peter. And he says, I don't have, he's like, look at me. You know, there's like an authority, a commanding that happens on him because the gift of faith comes on him. And he's like, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. So there's this authority that comes up on him or comes upon him in him for this purpose. So that's an example of the gift of faith coming upon Peter in that situation. A couple other um, more modern-day examples. Um, I think it was uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Yeah, Smith Wigglesworth had had uh, told a particular guy, and I don't remember all the details, but I do remember he told a particular guy that had no feet to go into uh, a shoe store and to buy shoes for himself. And so he go. this guy takes his word it takes Smith, uh, Smith Wigglesworth's word for it, goes into a shoe store, tells the, the, the shoe department guy that he wants shoes to put on. Well, the guy's like, uh, what size? You know, so now he's got to determine what size he wants to wear because he's got no feet. And so he tells them the size, and so the, go- the guy goes back, gets, gets the shoes, brings them out, he puts them on, and feet grow within the shoes. The gift of faith had come up on Smith Wigglesworth for that. So he told him what to do. Go get shoes and put them on. Did you remember, uh, was there anything that I missed in that story? Okay. Okay. So uh, that was the gift of faith coming up on uh, Wigglesworth. Um, Also, uh, Howard Carter had also another time, which he was... Uh, the predecessor to uh, Lester Summerall. But he had uh, at one time told a church that he was going to uh, pay the, the, for their church. And it had to be paid by a certain date. But he didn't have the money to do it. So it just, it, you know, it came out of him. There is the gift of faith for it. But he didn't have the money to do it. And so, you know, he's like, Lord, you're going to have to take care of this. You know, there's this, this persuasion of, okay, God, I believe you told me to say this and this gift of faith that I'm going to pay for this, but I don't have the money to do so. And so he, he just kept declaring it. The money didn't come in until the night before in the mail, and then he went and he paid, paid the church off. But there are things that, that the Holy Spirit can come up on you, and it's just like you're divinely persuaded. There's something in you that says this can be done, and no one's going to tell me any different. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit moving on you for a purpose, for a specific purpose. Anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, I was going to uh, a story we actually heard when we were up in uh, Brother Jonathan's with uh, Jesse Duplantis. And I liked how he brought it up because he said he was in a meeting several years ago and he went by a man with a w- that was in a wheelchair. And he said, I didn't even think about it. He said, if I thought about it, he said, I probably would have talked myself out of it. I had a question. I probably went into deep prayer about it. He literally grabbed a hold of the man and said, get up and walk. And jerked him out of the chair. And when, I mean, he literally just, he said, I just jerked him right out of the chair. He flew and when he landed, he stood on, and the man was paralyzed. He was paraplegic, I believe, from his waist down and couldn't even stand. And when his feet hit the ground, he immediately, 
his, his like the Bible says, his feet and ankle bones received strength. This man was instantly healed. And Brother Duplantis said, if I'd have thought about it, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I'd, I'd have hesitated. That's what I say I was going to bring out the point of when the gift of faith is upon you, it's not head knowledge. It's not, well, Lord, I'm going to process this thing, see how you're going to do it, Lord, get into prayer and intercession. It's immediate. And, and that, that a lot of times keeps you out of your own head or your own thinking. That's how you know it's a supernatural gift. And uh, it always it brings glory to God. It doesn't bring glory to man, any of the gifts in operation. Amen. In 1540, Martin Luther, um, he, had a, he had a friend that uh, they had sent word to him by letter and said that, you know, he was, uh, he was getting ready to die. He was, he was going to die. And Martin Luther wrote a letter back to him. The gift of faith. It, it's how the gift of faith will work. He wrote a letter back and he said, no, you're not going to die. You're going to live. I need help. I'm getting ready to take on the church. <laughs> and so you, you've got to live. And he actually lived two months he lived two months past Martin Luther and then passed away. And, you know, the gift of faith come on him and said, no, you're going to live. And actually when uh, he, had sent the, uh, he had sent the letter, the guy had already lost his speech. But within weeks his speech was restored because that gift of faith, that word that he sent, no, you're going to live, you're going to be blessed, you're going to be healthy, you're going to be whole because Jesus needs you. And uh, so, and that's the act of, the act, you know, he activated the word, the, the word that, you know, that word of faith. You know, he read it, you know, it took his faith to believe that. So, there's the gift of faith in almost two areas of operation as well. You know, he believed the word, and I, okay, I'm going to do this. So, so, yeah, there's a, I mean, a lot of testimonies. And I'm sure people here have them too, but that's. Did, that's did you bring up Elijah? Uh, yeah, in first, the prophets of Baal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just in first, yes, yeah, First Kings eighteen. Because the the yeah. interesting thing about that, it's like he operated in the gift of faith, and he's you know, setting up the altar and everything for for uh, God, and he's in competition, so to speak, with these other prophets of Baal, and and you know, taunting them and saying, oh, you know, your gods, they, they must be, you know, on vacation, sleeping, all of these things, like making fun of them. And, and then, you know, then he prays to God and the fire of God comes down. And then what happens next? He runs. He runs. And, and he's in this cave and he's like, God, oh, just take me out, you know. And it, so it goes from this extreme moment of faith. And then it's like when the, when the mission was completed, that faith wasn't there anymore. And then he's like ready to die. You know, it's like this extreme <laughs> behavior that comes on because he's no longer in that, that realm of the gift of faith. And so now he's ready to give up because Jezebel's after me. And so a lot of times when, that, when, it, when it lifts, it's like you feel like, oh, I'm done. You know, what, what happened to that great faith I had? But it was for a purpose. It was for a, a specific thing. Um, I'll finish up with... Uh, with this last story about Kenneth uh, Copeland, he, I, I like to give examples from the word and then also modern day so you can hear uh, both things, that, that these gifts are still in operation today. Kenneth Copeland was, years ago, he was uh, walking out of a church meeting, I believe it was, and, and there was, um, he was walking down the street and he said up on the hill there was this particular family that he knew and, and there was probably, he said, about 85 steps up to this house so this house was up on a hillside you know some of the houses here that have so many steps you have to climb up before you get to the house well it was like that it's like he said but it was probably like 85 steps to get up to this house and he's like we're walking down the street after a service and all of a sudden you can hear just this 
heart-wrenching scream be from the mother. And the mother was like, my baby's dead. And their nine-year-old daughter, who had been sick, had died. And the father had, had the, the girl, and he's standing out there, and he said, the gift of faith came on me immediately, where it was like, and again, didn't process it, didn't think about it, but immediately he says, I remember seeing the steps. I remember putting my foot on the first one. I don't remember anything else until I'm like at the, the, the last to the fourth, fifth step. And he's like, and I can see her, and she's limp in her father's arms, and the mother's wailing. And he runs up to the daughter, and he says, you will live in the name of Jesus Christ of, of Nazareth. I speak life to your body. And he says, and you know, she just, she just hangs there. And he just continued, I speak life to your body in Jesus' name. And he's, you know, there's this fire in him. And he says, in the name of Jesus, live. And all of a sudden, her eyes come open, and, and she sees her daddy. And so life was brought back to her. She was dead, and she came to life. And it was the gift of faith that had come upon him for that purpose, for that very thing. And it was just like it gave him a supernatural strength, a supernatural faith, a supernatural energy to get it done and be uh, laser-focused on what was going on. So it, it's almost like you're in this, this realm, you are in this realm of the spirit that carries you through that. All right. Let's, unless you guys have anything else on the gift of faith. Let's go ahead and talk about, let's go ahead and go to the, the working of miracles. Because that may be all we get through tonight, and then we may have to leave gifts of healings for the next time. The the working of miracles, and you notice that it's not just the gift of miracles. It's the working of miracles. Because the working of miracles is typically, the, that word working actually means that you're engaged in. And it's bringing... Uh, it's bringing something to pass from one stage to another until it's brought to completion. And so that working of miracles, that working energio, which is where we get the word energy, is us applying something. We have to apply something for the miracle to happen. So oftentimes when you see a miracle happen, that's why you're seeing the working of it. It's not just like, you know, be healed in Jesus' name, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, something grows back. It's it's the working. They have to work the miracle, and it ta it might take a process before, or like if somebody doesn't have a cartilage in their knee, and then you know someone is walking with them back and forth, and then all of a sudden they just feel like I I've it, I I can walk now. It didn't start out that way, but that's that's what it grows to. And just like the scripture we read. And that's why I wanted to pick up there, because when, when Peter looked at the guy and said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I give you, I give you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, and it says, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. 
And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he who sat be begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. And so you see this, this process of his ankles being strengthened, and then he's leaping, and then he's praising. But uh, it says at first he was holding on to Peter and John. So there's this process of him growing stronger and him gaining strength while this miracle is taking place. So a miracle is, first of all, it's the working of the miracle. So it's you got to work it. You have to work it. So if you're, if you're praying for that, don't give up. You work it. Um, also, miracles really, by definition, is against nature. It's the easiest way I can, I can uh, describe it. It goes against nature. So if somebody doesn't have cartilage in their knee, and all of a sudden, boom, they have cartilage, where did that come from? You know, it's, it's a, a miracle. If, if the, the Red Sea was not parted and all of a sudden it's parted and people are walking across on dry ground, that goes against nature. That is a miracle. When there's a storm and Jesus yells, peace, be still, and where one moment there's a storm where there's skilled fishermen that are afraid for their lives and then all of a sudden there's a still calm peace, that's a miracle. It goes against the realm of nature. And so a miracle is something where the laws of nature are intervened by the hand of God. It can be something that's instant. It can be something that is uh, creative. And like I said a minute ago, it can you can be working that out. But it's... Uh, it can be something that's restorative, rec recreated. Somebody, uh, you know, there's, there's the, the story of, help me remember the story of the person whose heart um, didn't, their, their vests or their arteries were all clogged up. And when they went into the doctor, they were like, what happened? Because you grew new arteries completely. Do you guys remember that story? Yeah, the heart grew new arteries, and the other ones, the old ones were still there, but, but the heart had grown new arteries, and so the heart was actually, had recreated or created new arteries that shouldn't have ever been there. And so the doctor's completely stumped, because this is a miracle. It goes against science, it goes against nature. So a miracle is something that goes against the laws of science or nature. Um... A couple other examples of that. Well, let's, let's go ahead and, and turn to Mark 8. Let me give you a biblical example. Mark 8. Verse 22. 
It says, then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought him a blind man and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. So there's the working right there. He's, he's spitting uh, on his eyes and put his hands on him. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. So the completion of it isn't there yet. But he was blind and now he can see some. So he, it's like he can see men like trees walking around. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. You know, on the Hunter Road. But, but it's like it, it was almost like our cars went through one another. And we just looked at each other like, what just happened? How did we not, how did we not hit? So, so it, it is for divine protection. I, and I think sometimes we're just, it's the awareness that, no, that's God. God, God you know, it's, it's divine protection. Um, you, know, uh, you know, so just, you know, I'll think about that, where God has protected you. Pray, you, know, uh, you know, pray that way over your, your family as well. But um, I'll say this also in giving. You, you know, you can have miracle giving supernatural miracle giving take place in your life. There's been times where Miranda and I, I, we, you know, when she looked at me, I remember when we moved to, uh, before we moved to go to the missions field, I had felt to sow a seed. But at that point in our life, you know, we, I felt like, you know, because I, w- I didn't have the gift of faith on me. When I moved, didn't have it. I was, I was planning. I was trying to think about how, to, how I could provide. And, you know, so I didn't have that gift of faith. She had the gift of faith. It come later for me, you know, a little hard-headed, I reckon. But, but I could remember, um, you, know, you know, she had said, I feel like we need to plant a seed. And then we come to get, to, to, together in agreement over the largest seed we had ever sowed in our entire life. And, you know, it doesn't make sense to be going into the missions field and sow a $10,000 seed. That doesn't make sense because, and it was, it was the gift. I mean, that, it, it was like miracle. It, it was like a miracle for us to even be able to do it. But we watched God work, you know, uh, different times. Even, even in that giving provision, you know, that, that can be a miracle in your life. And I'll, I'll say this, um, provision. You know, that you can have miracle provision on your life. That God will supply, you know, just like what you talked about. God will supply um, altering circumstances. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. Storms, I got, wrote these down. Um, you know, physical healing. You know, that could, you can have the working of a healing and a miracle all at the same time. Those are where the operations of the gifts are taking place. And, um, I mean, it's, you know, Jesus feeding the 5,000. That's a miracle, right? You know, there were many times, I don't know if you've ever had food multiply in your house, I've seen it happen. I've seen food multiply with 30 people in, in my house, and, and we would like, Father, thank you for multiplying the food, and we'd finish eating, and there would be food left over. I, you know, what's that? Every night, and we, you know, uh, you know so it, it was just, you know, God and where, is... And where did the idea come from? Exactly. But if it I wasn't it was a trick in the question. Bible... I then thought it was a trick question. For it. It's like, where's it? Where, <laughs> did somebody <laughs> no, it come from the Bible? Something dared to yeah. answer. 
But yeah, because the example was in the Bible, and Jesus showed us what could be done. And as a result, well, then we're going to have the faith, and we're going to pray that God's going to multiply this because there's 30 people here, and what we fixed is definitely not enough because we don't. And, and you're not, the, the stores close at 6 o'clock in Hana, and you're two hours from the rest of civilization. So there's no other option unless you want to go hunt a wild boar or something. Two other things real quick I want to just, because out of Acts 19, one of the things that they did, uh, you know, uh, extraordinary miracles took place by the hands of Paul. They would take handkerchiefs or aprons, and they would, they would, they, he would send them from his body, and they would go and they would lay that by a sick person, and, and a miracle would take place. So, you know, there, there's, there's just oil, uh, the anointing oil. You know, how miracles, you know, I don't know how your foot is, you know, the other night. It, it, praise God, it's good. S see, that's the working of a miracle. Because, you know, I'm, because you prophesy in part. That's a whole other deal to get into. I just felt strong that somebody w had a foot issue. I, you know, and I was like, I, I kept seeing a cut. But, but, you know, as Lisa poured four gallons of oil, you know, out of, uh, no, it was John. John poured the oil. Lisa just had a bunch. She was just ready to go in for the kill, you know, so not kill. It's not the right word to use. However, she was going to get anointed, you know, so but but it, it is the working of a miracle. You know, yeah, there, there's the healing aspect of it. But but, you know, and then it's like, how does your foot feel? Get up and walk. You know, uh, Michael, when he was here, you know, when he's walking back and forth, you know, knees being restored. That's the working of a miracle. Man, it's, isn't God cool? I mean, like, th this stuff is for the body of Christ, for us to operate in. Amen? And, uh, and uh, the last thing, and I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'm going to say this. Don't get comfortable with the, with, with the working of the Spirit of God. Because, see, what happens is that the world today is, you know, y yeah, there's miracles. Yeah, there's healings. Yeah, you can go down to the, to the, the crystal lady, and she'll say something over. You can stop over on... The place I drive by and honk my horn and, you know, the, the lady that reads tarot cards or whatever. And you can go and you can get a word from her. And, you know, you, you know the, the world is always trying to pervert the goodness of our God. So even around spiritual gifts, you have to understand there's, there's, there's a false, there are, there are, there's a falsity in it. And people will try to, you know, they'll, they'll try to, you know, yeah, you can get healing this way or that way. And, you know, just put this on your leg or foot. I mean, you know, th there's God that is the healer. Amen. And uh, I, you know, so j just please don't get comfortable. We, we should be excited when we see these things happening, and we are, but re remain excited about it. Don't get comfortable with, well, you know, it just was another. No, praise God. It's God, God's moving. God's, God's doing things in, in people's lives. And, you know, far, far too quick we step away from that and we're like, you know, yeah, we, we had another salvation. All of heaven rejoices when someone comes to Jesus Christ. That's not a small thing. We, we shouldn't we shouldn't ho hum ho hum. Somebody else got saved. You know, when I see somebody post on a salvation page, man, I praise God, I get excited. Amen. Somebody gets touched by God. We we get excited. Amen. It's 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 the you know, we should be excited about this. Amen. So I, I just don't get comfortable with the manifestations of the gifts. Amen. We practice, we learn. That's why we're teaching this and talking about it. But but go for it. Amen. Go for it. I don't have anything else. Go ahead. I just wanted to, uh, to add, as far as confidence in working in the gifts of the Spirit is, everywhere in the Bible, especially these stories you talk about, it says this: the Holy Spirit worked with them, confirming the word with signs following. 
So there's always, that's the confidence that you have. When, when the Holy Spirit is working, signs and wonders follow. So you, he follows after the word too. I was, I was just reminded because I thought even over sickness, if something's in your body that don't belong, the working of miracles is just as Jesus. And I use this many times when I'm praying for people. As Jesus cursed the fig tree and commanded it to wither and die, so I take authority over this tumor in the mighty name of Jesus. I command it to wither and to die and to pass from their body. What is that? That's the working of miracles. By the activation of the word, then the Holy Spirit release, releases working of miracles to operate. So uh, go with that authority. It's not You're not on your own. You're not out here on an island somewhere saying, I hope, I hope this works. It's, the, the, as he said, the gift of faith, the working of miracles that we've covered tonight. The Holy Spirit is working with you. So, and he's always going to release the gift that's necessary at that moment. But another thing is a lot of people say, well, how come? Because some people say, well, Pastor Brad, he always, uh, he always has words of knowledge, so he must just have the word of knowledge. No, he has access to all the gifts. It's what gift is most needed at that moment, and that's the way you what. And even in your heart, you can set your faith and believe that way. Now, he might say, he might, like he said, don't get comfortable in one, just one gift. Well, God used me in the gift of prophecy, so I'm the prophet of the house. I'm supposed to prophesy all the time. Well, no, you're supposed to operate in all the gifts, the fullness. Jesus didn't just operate in one gift. He operated in all of them and whatever gift was necessary. So use your faith that way to believe whenever you're in a situation. All right, Father, I thank you. We need the working of miracles right now. So I'm going to lose my faith. I'm going to agree that the Holy Spirit's going to show up. And as I declare the word, because none of the gifts operate without faith. It's still faith in that way. If you don't believe that God, even through the gift of faith, it's God's faith. If you don't believe in it, it's not going to operate. That's the bottom line. But as you release your faith for those things, then you'll see them manifested and you'll see the Holy Spirit. Because when he shows up, he's the gift giver and there's a gift to be released. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers or co-workers. We are God's fellow workers. So we're working with him. It's, it's a cooperation thing. 2 Corinthians 6 also says, We then, as workers together with him. So we, we are co-workers with God. So he, he wants to be able to, to flow through you. So it, it, it's not just, you know, our own little thing. No, we're working together with him. That's why we have to be led. You know, I, I didn't just decide, oh, well, you know, I think it would be a good night for emotional healing. No, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit said that there's, there's, there's the atmosphere and there's the anointing for that present now. If I tried to do that now, it wouldn't be present. But at that moment, it was. So that's why there has to be a flow in the Holy Spirit that wasn't planned. It wasn't like I was upstairs earlier going, well, I think I'm going to do this emotional healing thing tonight, like right at the last song at Praise and Worship, and, and, and that's new. We haven't done that one yet for a while. You know, it's, it's not about that. It's about being in tune with the Holy Spirit. We are fellow workers. We are co-workers with him. Uh, so... We'll, we'll cut it there tonight with the working of miracles, but, uh, you know, even, even in this house, you know, there's been miracles this month. Larry's cousin, you know, the baby, uh, you know, the, that was in the womb for uh, four weeks and didn't have, there was no life, and then all of a sudden, 
comes to life. You know, that's that's a miracle. And, you know, your guys' grandpa, Michael, you know, not having certain things even in his ear to be able to hear. He had surgically removed certain portions of his ear when he was a child. And when uh, Michael Hughes, evangelist Michael, stuck his finger in his ear, he said, my finger could go further if I would have let it. So I had to stop because there was nothing there to to block it from going further. But then I felt the, that recreative miracle where things were developing right under my finger. So th- miracles are for today and they're happening in this house. So the, these things are, and we want the body of Christ to be released and to begin to step out into these things as well. Uh, I want to finish with this one story or maybe I'll have before you do the story, yeah, can can I just it. say can I just say this to um, pr- pray to operate in these, you know, as a believer, you know, and then and then and then do it. You, you know, it's okay to just you know pray for someone. Expect, you know, it, it, you know, believe. I mean, you know, Lisa's sending something every other day about somebody getting saved or somebody getting healed. Praise God. It's prayer and it's, you know, putting it's joining faith together. Amen. That that's what it's about. So so I just I want to encourage everybody in the house, you know, and uh, to. Yeah. Is, was you going to talk about? The, no. Anyway, no. go ahead. You, I'll quit. I was, just, I was letting you encourage everybody. OK, I was. That's what I was doing. OK, you're up. You do your part now. No, I wanted you to tell the story about Pastor Moses. Uh you guys know the story about Philip that was transported in, in the New Testament in Acts when he was transported. He baptized the the uh, eunuch, and then whenever he come up out of the water, Philip's gone. And, and he was found preaching in another town uh, how many ever miles further over in that very moment. It was like he was transported. I know that sounds sci-fi, but the word of God says that's what happened, and he was transported into another town, was preaching. But there's a pastor with KC, Pastor, in fact, you had mentioned it earlier, uh, Pastor Moses Cow. he's the Vietnamese preacher for KC and oversees the Vietnamese extensions, but I, I was afraid I would, I would forget he, part of uh, the story. So. And, I, and I'll try to be brief. It's a, it's a, he tells the story, it takes about 30 minutes, but it's, it's a pretty amazing story. He, uh, he was held at gunpoint by... Um, he was uh, he went to jail for smuggling Bibles, and if you smuggle one Bible, you got two years. So he thought, "What the heck? I might as well do three hundred. So, so you know, because if he thought if he went to jail with 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 one Bible, he was going to die because it's not a Christian nation, and that they would kill him anyway. So, so he got caught smuggling three hundred Bibles, and um, basically he um, he was held. They took him out, and uh, we're gonna they tortured him for several days, and then. They took him out, and uh, they were going to basically just uh, shoot him, you know. And um, and they, you know, they asked him, so do you have one any any last request or anything like that? And uh, they were trying to give, they kept trying to give him a cigarette. And he's like, I don't want a cigarette. And so, and he was, um, and he was like, he asked the question, can I pray for you? And, uh, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to mess the story up. But, um, and they thought it was a little odd because, um you know, he wanted to pray Jesus over them, and and they, of course, I don't know what their what their faith is or whatever. But um, he um, he began to pray, and uh, as he prayed, he began to get words of knowledge over each of the people that were there, and begin to kind of call out um, you know situations that were going on in their lives, 
And um, as a result, the guy, the final guy that, you know, was going to put a bullet in his head walks up to him and says, you know, I'm going to, you're, you're, you know, enough of this, we're, we're going to kill you. He says, your dad's in the hospital and uh, begins to tell him about his father. And the guy begins to weep. And at that point, um, you know, everybody, all the guys had been broken down because, you know, God had showed up and, uh, and he, un- he uncuffed him and he said, run run as hard as you can run. So I guess, you know, Pastor Kel tells a story that he ran. He ran as, as long as he could run, and he fell down. And at, at that point, he was so exhausted and so anguished, he, 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 he just, he said, when I fell down, he said, I'm done, I'm going to be dead. But, you know, he felt like he needed rest. But at, from that point where he fell down, uh, he felt that God had taken him into a vision, but it was he was being transported. He, he thought he was in a dream, which pretty amazing he thought that he was in a dream and he was running through creeks and over mountains and jumping off cliffs and 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 spoke in the holy spirit the whole time as he's doing this and he's he's moving through all the all, this whole force this is in vietnam and then the next day he wakes up at a train station and uh don't tell me my god's not real i mean you know that's and, uh, and I, you know, I will have him come. I mean, it's a powerful testimony, but, and he's a lot of fun. He's not easy to follow preaching, but he's a lot of fun. Um, I had to do that one time, so um, I was crying laughing before I ever took this, <laughs> before I ever got up there. But, um, but God is, you know, he, he was transported. I mean, you know, they, you know, a real miracle. Could you imagine? I mean, you know, you're dreaming or having a vision about running, jumping off cliffs, swimming, and ju- going through water, and, and then you wake up the next day and you're sitting in a bus station. And uh, so he's, he still goes to Vietnam, and um, they're still, they still dodge it. If anybody wants to go to Vietnam, we can get you, we can get you there. But uh, they still have to go secretly in some villages. The Viet Cong, you know, is, is very, it's a very, very real thing. You know, there's places in Vietnam that have never heard the gospel. And I think to date, you know, when we, last year it was interesting because he showed up at a conference and we were going through and they said, how many churches do we have in Vietnam? He said, well, we have 30 that we know of, but I just discovered we have 42 underground churches. You know, that, that people, and he said, Vietnamese people are small, so we can get a lot of people in a house. So, and he said, that's, that's how it happens. We, we all gather in a house. There might be 30 people, and when the Viet Cong shows up, we all jump out windows, and he's funny. <laughs> we all jump out windows, and we take off, you know. And... Um, but he was actually one of the last uh, Vietnamese um, uh, people out of uh, out during the wartime too. It's it's a very his life is very fascinating. He's a great artist. Dr. Rodney's been a huge blessing to him and uh, and uh, out of out of the river. But um, he's a great artist. He's gifted. He's a music, musician. I mean, he's he's a very gifted man. God's blessed him. But uh, powerful testimony. But, Amen. The working of miracles. Anything else? Amen.